Hey, we are starting a new series this morning called Can I Change? And uh, I don't know where you are in your life and uh, how you've kind of navigated life, but all of us get stuck uh, at certain times in our life and in certain areas of our life. And what this series is designed to do is to address those things, to um, come at it from a biblical perspective. Some weeks will be very difficult. They'll hit your issue or the thing that's holding you back and it'll be tough. And other weeks you might be like nudging the person next to you. This one's for you. You know, I don't know. I don't know how you guys uh, work it out. But this morning is kind of an intro and we're going to be in the Old Testament in a book called Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet. He was called to be a prophet, which if you're new to the Bible means he was just called to be annoying because <laughs> that's what prophets did. They spoke God's word no matter what the issue was. And oftentimes they weren't a prophet. Like sometimes they would tell the future kind of. Uh, Daniel would do that. And, but they would mostly just speak the words of God. So that might be the future, uh, which we'll be seeing in just a little bit. It also might be you guys are blowing it. And if you don't change, you're going to get judged. And that's not going to be good for you. Okay. And so the prophet we're going through this uh, morning is Ezekiel. Now, before we get started, I wanted to give a little, a little tiny history lesson um, and a little caveat of what you do when you approach the New Testament, I mean, the Old Testament as a follower of Jesus, okay? So if you're new to the Bible uh, and you're like, I'm not a follower of Jesus, but this is good for you too because it'll kind of give you an idea as when, when you read the Bible. Because as, as uh, Pastor Reed shared a few weeks ago, sometimes we just dismiss the Old Testament because it's like, well, there's a new and improved Testament and that's, that's the New Testament, but it doesn't work that way. They're, they're all tied together. The other thing that we do sometimes as Christians is we'll pick certain Old Testament verses and apply them as though it's just like for today. Like, I know the plans I have for you, plans not to harm you, right? And so we think, oh, Jimmy's going to win his Little League game because I know the plans that God has for us. And actually, God might want Jimmy to be scored on like 17 times. We don't know, okay? So you can't just grab Old Testament verses and then get a tattoo, okay? It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You've got to know the, the historical context. Was Israel being disciplined at the time? Were they in a good position at the time? And so that's what we're going to do real quick uh, before we get started is a little history lesson uh, to see what the context is of what Jesus, uh, what uh, God is saying through Ezekiel. And then actually this does apply to us in, the, in, uh, in, our, uh, in modernity, in our, in our particular time. So, and we'll see how that, we'll see how that plays out. But in order to understand the history, you have to understand God's vision for the people of Israel and God's vision for you. God's vision for humanity all along was to have relationship. That is the Garden of Eden. Be fruitful, multiply, here's the garden, I'll come through the cool of the day, and we will have this relationship, okay? And so uh, when that all messed up because of sin, then he had his chosen people, the people of Israel. And the whole point was that they would be his people, and he would be their God. And what would happen is, as they worshiped God, all the other nations around would go, who is your God? Like, you guys are crushing it right now. 
our gods, we don't need, they don't show up. We don't know what's going on. We're in, like, none of our systems are working very well. And you guys, you have this sacrificial system. You've got all these things in place and you're flourishing. The Bible calls it shalom, which just means peace, which means universal flourishing. It's not the absence of war. It's the way things are supposed to be. And that is God's vision for the people of Israel and for you and I today. Shalom, the way it's supposed to be. And so what happened was, um, uh, they, Israel became united for the first time in a while. And uh, uh, that happened in um, uh, like 1043 BC, okay? So the kingdom of Israel was united. They had uh, Israel in the north and Judah in the south, okay? And they wanted a king. And God specifically told them, don't get a king. I'll be your king. You be my people, I'll be your God, and we'll just be different than everybody else. And they did exactly what you and I did. We want you, God, in addition to whatever culture is telling us we're supposed to have. And you have to understand that because this is how we get stuck. So this lasted, so they ended up getting Saul. And if you go into the first and second Samuel, you can read all about Saul, all about David, all about Solomon, okay? Um, and uh, once Solomon died, his sons took over and it just went crazy. So they were united and that lasted for about 110 years. And then, uh, like I said, you then you had Israel in the north and Judah in the south. Well, Israel in the north got conquered by the Assyrians in 722 BC. All you history people are like, this is the best sermon I ever heard. Everyone else is like, Okay, what? Oh, 722 BC. Uh, so 135 years later, ba the Babylonians came and took, like they just wiped out everything. And what they did was they took 10,000 Jews back to Babylon. They're, they're, like, they're like best and brightest. Like all the people who were educated, all the wealthy ones, all the families of influence, and they took them back to Babylon, not to kill them, but to just make them really good Babylonians. It was to like to fortify their culture. And so uh, it would be like if we went to Canada and took uh, their one good scientist, okay? So <laughs> it would be kind of like that, okay? So when this happened, Ezekiel, the prophet we're going to be looking at, was about 25 years old. That's to, our, to our best estimate is what we can uh, see. And, and, and his contemporaries um, were uh, Daniel. If you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that all happens in this Babylonian captivity. Uh, Jeremiah was another, not a bullfrog, another prophet. And he has such a Bad pastor joke. Gosh, I promised myself I'd do better in 2023, but I can't. Uh, he's a contemporary with um, Daniel and Jeremiah, and, and, and Jeremiah and Ezekiel share the same uh, words of God a lot. And so, so here they are, and they're in captivity. They're trying to uh, just, some of them are trying to just eke out a living. Some of them have become comfortable in captivity. But the, realization, the, the reality is this is not the way God had planned, what God had planned for Israel. What God had planned for Israel was for, him to, uh, for them to be his people and for him to be their God. And even while some people in Babylon were doing okay, as a matter of fact, Jeremiah said, look, you're going to be in Babylon, have kids, have a family, get a job, 
Like, you just, you're there, you might as well make the most of it, is basically what Jeremiah said. But that is not what God intended. And for you and I, some of us are stuck in some certain ways. And for the past years, maybe decades, we've just been trying to survive. We've learned to manage it. We've learned how to just accept it, maybe. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your finances. And you're just going along and going, well, I guess this is my lot in life. That is not the way God has planned it for you. Now listen, just so we're clear. What I'm going to be talking about this morning is going to sound a lot like a health and wealth like thing, like I'm like I had my teeth whitened and I drive a private, uh, fly a private jet and I got a toupee and it's like, oh, God wants your best, you know, right? It is, I am a health and wealth pastor, but I define, uh, de- define health and I define wealth completely different than our culture. I, divine, I, I define wealth as contentment and that can happen no matter how much money you have. And I, provi- I uh, define health as this rich, amazing, intimate relationship with my Heavenly Father. So I do preach health and wealth. It's just a little bit different. But having said that, there is a version of you that God dreams about. There is a version of you that is unstuck. There's a version of you that isn't an angry person. There's a version of you, and maybe it's in a week, maybe it's in five weeks or whatever, where God says, this is what I'm talking about. Listen, There's a version of you that is becoming more and more like Jesus in your context. And that's what we're going to kick off this morning. So Ezekiel is talking to this Babylon captivity. Some of them might be doing pretty good. Some of them are doing terrible. But it's not the way God had planned for the people of Israel. And so here's what Ezekiel says. For I will take you out of the nations... I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your land. I am going to restore you. Now, this is God talking through Ezekiel, okay? And he's reminding them of the dream that God had for them. You will be his people and he will be your God. But they're just stuck. A good good parallel Uh, to this Old Testament story we're going to be reading through would be the parable of the prodigal son. You you had this relationship with your father. You decided to kind of let culture speak into your life. You went off. Now you're stuck. And it says in the prodigal son, when he came to his senses, my prayer for this series. And for those of you who are watching online and have downloaded it or listened to the podcast, is that you would listen to this and go, I want to come to my senses in this area of your life. It might be an addiction. It might be some situation. It might be some mental health issues. It might be some emotional issues. But that you come to your senses. And so he says, I'll take you out of the nations. I'll gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Okay, great. But then he goes on, I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. Now you notice here, there's no condemnation now. If you took a New Testament verse, and many of you who've been following the Bible for a long time know this verse, there's now no, therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
right? You, this isn't a thing of, con- this is a thing of restoration. Can I change? Can I become restored? I've wasted maybe my 20. You might have a whole decade that you've wasted. You might be on your second marriage and you're thinking, I don't want to go to a third, but this one isn't working that great, right? He restores. I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. Listen to this. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Jeremiah uses the same type of language in Jeremiah. I think it's chapter 31 or 33, but he uses the same idea of like God coming in and turning stone into flesh and water and this idea of health and restoration. Can Can I change? He says this, I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. Now, now we start to get into a little bit of the difficulty of change and what we'll be talking about during the next few weeks. All those previous verses sounded awesome, right? Until you get to hear and move you to follow my decrees. I would imagine that what got you stuck in the first place was that you stopped doing that. That there was something about life, about whatever, that God's decrees, God's law, the Bible, something happened where you, you began to just shift a little bit and that got you on a road that you didn't want to be on. We talk about in church here that if you just lift your feet up in the current of culture, like you just lift up and you just relax in the current of culture, it'll take you to a place you do not want to go. And so what, what Ezekiel is saying is like, look, I'm going to put my spirit in you. We talked a couple weeks ago about praying in the spirit, about this idea of like our, our spirit being connected with the spirit of God. This is what he's talking about. I'm going to place that in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. So there is this idea. And for some of you, it, it might be that you've changed and then you go back. Have, I don't know if you've ever done that. I have areas in my life where I've changed And I'm like, cool. And then I go back. And I'm like, ah, yay. Ah, (laughs) right? You do that? Well, most of the time, it has something to do with this. There's something just not right. There's something a little bit off. And next week, we're going to be really hitting this hard. Next week, do not miss next week. If you're you're like, oh, I'm on vacation or whatever, listen to it. It is very good. And the reason I can say that is because I stole it from another pastor. Like just, well, the con- I preach it better, but I stole the concept, uh, this idea from another pastor. Unashamedly, I, I, I did it, and uh, it's really, really awesome. It's just a different way to kind of think, and so we'll talk about that next week. Now watch. He'll say, then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. In other words, then you will step into what I had planned for you. That's the whole point about can I change? We want to step back into the life that God has for us. If you have a gift of teaching, that you would then begin teaching. If you have a gift of, uh, of um, uh, 
taking care of people, then you step into that, that you get back into the place that the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, all those things are the way it's supposed to be. That's what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so that's what he's saying to the people of Israel, and it's true for us. I have a land for you, a space for you, a, a place for you. And it's time to go home. It's time to come back. It's very, very, very powerful. They will say, this land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. Think about where you are now. That's why we have this series, to become unstuck. That your marriage could be a Garden of Eden. That your finances could be a Garden of Eden. That your relationship with your kids could be a Garden of Eden. That your relationship with your boss, as impossible as that sounds, <laughs> could flourish, right? As we change ourselves through the power of God. This land that was laid waste has become a Garden of Eden. The cities that were laid ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. It's almost like Ezekiel saying, can you dream it? Can you see it? Can you see what your life would look like unstuck, Right? Then the nations around you, your neighbors, people at work, all these people will go, you're, you're, a little, you're different, right? Watch. Then the nations around you will re, that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. This is so encouraging because we begin to get this idea that we're not just going to be trying again like we always have we tried we failed we tried we failed this is what we're going to be hitting on next week really hard that we're going to stop trying okay and so we this is idea that god comes alongside of us you say you mean i just pray really hard and change that's much more than that it's much more than that and we'll, we'll hit on that but this is the vision all I want you to do is begin to think this week, what would my life look like if I were healthy? What would my life look like if these issues that I've struggled with for years and years and years were taken away or were restored? What if this bitterness I've hung on to for so long for things that happened to me in high school or college or in my first marriage, what if, what if I could truly let them go? What would my life look like. God wants to do it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Once again, I will yield to Israel's plea and do this for them. I will make their people as numerous as sheep, as numerous as the flocks uh, for offerings at Jerusalem during her appointed festival. So will the ruined cities be filled with flocks of people. Now, for you and I, this doesn't really apply, especially in Los Angeles. We want less people not more people. So this doesn't sound like a blessing, right? But what I'm, what I'm talking about is that the, the idea of flourishing, the idea of blessing absolutely applies to us today in our context of what that looks like. Restoration of relationships. Being out of bondage of addiction or issues that you've been dealing with. Your decisions, better decision making, all these things. We went through the uh, um, book of Nehemiah, and uh, as we'll be seeing in the coming weeks, this is not an easy process. 
to change. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And uh, during this time, the Ezekiel, so Ezekiel's in, in bondage in the Babylonians with Jeremiah and Daniel. And then this guy, Nehemiah, goes to King Artaxerxes and says, we want to rebuild uh, uh, Israel. And this is, that was when they came out of bondage into Nehemiah. And when people showed up at Israel, they just wept because it was so destroyed. And that might be you right now. You're just like, John, this all sounds great. And I'd love to change. And I'd love to, like you said, make up for my 30s or whatever it is. But it's, it's just, there's just too much. Well, he addresses that in the, in the coming verses. But the idea is that at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, they will know that I am the Lord. And my prayer for us as we get to the end of these eight weeks or uh, uh, seven or eight weeks uh, is that you will get to the end and go, you know what? I, I might not be all the way there, but I have a vision for building. I have a, bi- a vision for restoration. Okay, now, now what happens is we switch to a new chapter and Ezekiel switches from speaking the voice of God. All of what we read was Ezekiel prophesying. This is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. Now Ezekiel is writing a narrative. And this narrative is so freaky, uh, but you'll really love it. He says, the hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me okay, out by the spirit of, of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. Okay, now we don't know if he was eating Cheerios in the morning and all of a sudden he's like, what? And he's in a valley? Or if this is a vision, either way, not for me, okay? I'm so glad I do not have any prophetic gift. So I found on the internet my vision of what this valley looked like. Again, not only did I steal next week's main point from a pastor, I stole this off the internet and didn't give credit to anybody. Uh, So that's kind of how I picture this valley. Just the creepiest thing you'd ever see. Like, I don't know if you could see all those bones, but like, ugh, that's just terrible. So he says, uh, uh, so uh, that's that's what I see. Now, while that freaks me out and I'd be like, yeah, Lord, let's go back to the Garden of Eden thing you were doing. I like that vision. That would be a better one, right? What if that's your marriage? What if that's your relationship with your kids? What if that's your finances? That, that's the word picture that Ezekiel is trying to show us and what God is trying to show Ezekiel. It doesn't matter how bad your situation is. Like the word picture for how stuck you can be would be this valley of dry bones. And so I want you to keep this in the back of your minds as we begin to think, can I change? Like what if that is your 20s? What if that is a period of your life where you're like, there's no way I can get that back again? Or it's something you're going through now. If you say, John, if I told you my story of my family of origin, that's what it was. Just addiction, abuse, and just horrible. So, again, we'll go back to that verse. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of uh, bones. 
He led me back and forth among them. Okay. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. And the bones were very dry. In other words, this has been going on for a long, long time. This is the most hopeless situation. Dry bones. Okay? He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Son of man, can these bones live? This is the crux of the series. Can I change? Can I finally be over this porn addiction, this substance thing, this bitterness, my anger issues that I have, my anxiety? Can can my anxiety that I've dealt with forever since I was a little kid, can can that be healed? Can my fear of the future be healed? Can my, can my fear of being alone my whole life, maybe you're single and you have people talking in your ear all the time about getting married. Like, can, can, I, can, I, can I be content with my circumstances? Can these dry bones live? Now listen, uh, as I've mentioned before, God speaks to me in these types of questions. As a, as a matter of fact, Jesus We have 307 recorded questions of Jesus that Jesus asks. 307. Do you know how many Jesus answered? Three. He speaks in questions. And here's the important thing about God or Jesus asking you a question. He's not looking for the right answer. He's looking for your answer. He wants you to answer the question, can these bones live can i change can i be restored spoiler alert yes you can yes you can so here's what he says uh this is awesome because ezekiel kind of does answer the question correctly uh son of man can these bones live he's like sovereign lord you alone know you know right like if i were to ask you hey can you change your vernacular, like the way we'd say it, it's like only God knows. <laughs> like that's kind of what Ezekiel's saying. Like I, I don't know, God, God, can I? Like what, what, what's happening? You know, watch what God does. This is so applicable to us. Then he said to me, "Prophesy to these bones. Like start talking to them. Like, okay." As you guys know, when I read the Bible, I kind of put myself into context and I just kind of think of like, what if, like, what if I were, like, kind of get down, like, hey, little buddy, what, you dead? Okay, right? Like, maybe Ezekiel's like way more manly than I am, but I would be in the Valley of Dry Bones up on the hillside going, oh yeah, that looks scary down there, Right? Watch what he says. Dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Listen. As we go through this process of change, as we address this over the next few weeks, the only voice you need to be listening to is the voice of your Heavenly Father. The only way healing comes is through the voice of your Heavenly Father. 
And that might be, mean that you need to make some changes in order to hear him better. It also might be that you need to turn off some, not your spouses, turn off some voices in your, in your life in order to drown them out. Hear the voice of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. You might have had things in your mind that keep replaying over and over again from your family that says you're not successful, you're not the way you should be, you're a failure, you're this, you're that. You might have expectations for yourself. Hey, I, 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 was, I had all these plans when I was a kid and now look at me. I'm not anywhere where I need to be. And your fa heavenly father says, I have a word for you. And you're like, I can't listen to you right now. I'm too busy being a victim. And it's time to stop. And maybe your key to change actually just comes from only listening to the word of the Lord. He says, says listen to the word of the Lord. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know I am the Lord. Now watch what Ezekiel does. It's the freakiest thing you'll ever read in the Bible. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. Come on, son. And the bones came together bone to bone. So like if Ezekiel's in the valley, all of a sudden all these bones come up. Let me tell you something. I love Jesus and I think God can do anything, but I'm gone at that point. I'm like prophesying like I'm just yelling or I don't I'm just I'm just gone. It gets worse. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Like, it's basically The Walking Dead. <laughs> it's like season nine of The Walking Dead, okay? And uh, he says, there's no breath in them. Uh, and, uh, and he says, prophesy, son of man. And, uh, yeah, and, and there's no breath in them. Then he said, prophesy to the breath, the Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they might live. Whew, that'd have been scary. But you know what? That's change. It's, it's scary. It's messy. It doesn't look like just great. You know, sometimes change happens in a day, and that's great. Most of the time, it happens over time as we begin to change our mindset, as we begin to change our habits, change our patterns. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks as uh, the worship band returns. Um, you know, my dad, uh, my dad was an alcoholic and like smoked like five packs a day. And uh, our kind of my life trajectory went from you know, being wealthy in New Jersey, and then we lost it all due to addiction, and then we moved out to California and just kind of had no money, right? And so, uh, but my dad, when, when, when he accepted Christ, he stopped drinking the next day. Done, right? He stopped smoking the next day, and he stopped cussing over a period of time. But the point I'm trying to make 
is that sometimes that can happen. It can. I've seen it happen with my own eyes. I've seen people stop an addiction right away. But most of the time, it takes a process. It takes a community. And we're going to be talking about all those things in the coming weeks. My point for this morning is, can you see what God sees for you? Can these dry bones live? Can you be restored? The answer is yes. Next week, we're going to talk a bit, little bit about your mind shifting. And uh, we'll be taking communion next week, which is just a perfect time to uh, maybe reset. Right now, we're just going to take a little bit of time and we open up the altar if you want to come and pray. Maybe, uh, I, I like, after I preach, I like to just turn around and kneel here just to kind of reset my mind and get ready for the week. And maybe you want to come up and, and kneel uh, uh, up here and pray. And uh, maybe you're going to say, look, God, you know these areas that I've tried to change so many times, Lord. I'm just saying I'm, I'm ready for one more. I'm going to make one more attempt. Help, help me. Help me through these coming weeks. Begin to put the tendons on. Begin to put my bones together, to put the flesh on. And then, dear Jesus, would you please breathe your breath of life into this area of my life, that it would be restored, that I would experience shalom. So Tanner and the guys are going to play this uh, just a final worship song. And so you can come pray. You can pray in your uh, seat or whatever. And then I'll come back up and uh, bless us. Why don't we go ahead and stand for the blessing. The answer to the question of the series, Can I Change? is yes. But not doing the same stuff that we've done year after year after year. So I hope you can join us over the next uh, few weeks as we really address what are some of those uh, changes we can make. Some are very, very difficult, but anytime you get health in your life, there's a difficult element to it, whether it's your eating, your finances, whatever it is. And some of them are real simple. So I hope you can join us for that. Now, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in His boldness, in His strength, in His joy, and in His hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.